You are listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review Podcast. We find little nuggets, treasures, valuable pieces of gold in the Joe Rogan Experience Podcast and pass them on to you, perhaps expand a little bit. We are not associated with Joe Rogan in any way. Think of us as the talking dead to Joe's walking dead. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Jerry Review. This week we have Alex Honnold. Legend. Beast. Dan Gable, maybe more of a legend, hard to say. And then Eric Weinstein, um, genius, but mostly exhausting to listen to. <laughs> I felt that same way. <laughs> it's because I'm too stupid. I don't. Yeah, he. I just he, don't know. He goes but up, welcome. He goes off on those tangents from time to time, but he's very smart. <clears throat> yeah, he does. He does. Let's start off with Alex, though. 1626. A uh, huge fan of Alex um, for m- multiple reasons, not just because that documentary Free Solo scares the shit out of me. <sighs> like I, it does. I it gives me anxiety. Insane. I watched that on a plane, and I'm sometimes afraid of flying for some reason. Yeah, and I forgot that I was on the plane, and I was just scared of falling off a cliff Ugh, while I was watching. It's it. it's definitely a, a trip to watch him do that stuff. He's he's his mind is on a different level than the rest of ours, I think to the focus that that requires. And just the, he's so calm in all those situations too. Like that takes a certain type of individual to be able to conquer that stuff clearly. But well, I have to say it's slightly annoying that he even says that it's not all that stressful, right? The way he talks. And I get it. (laughs) Yeah. But I guess it, it is. I guess if you looked at it the way we probably look at it, and in, in his shoes, he can't look at it as it's that stressful. Because if he approached it that way, then it, he wouldn't be as successful at, at what he does. I imagine it's got to be it, right? Right. Yeah. Or he'd like we'd fall off. He just like separates it. He's like, all right, here's my goal. How do I approach it? And how do I? I mean, he's he's a legend. Obviously, he's the modern day best at what he does. So. He's got a different focus of requirement. I think you remember him telling that story about how he forgot his chalk on the way up and he had to like borrow some chalk, like the one thing you need. Oh. It's just like, oh my God, bro, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> and if you Yeah, well, that's terrifying. Like you're telling me he wasn't worried then. Right. Imagine if they were like, I can't afford to share my chalk right now. He's saying, like, well, I'm going to die. You'd probably figure something out. I, I think he just comes to grips too, like with the fact that that's part of the, part of the deal. Like a lot of the people in that sport have died doing the sport, obviously. Yeah. So I mean that. Well, that's what I worry about because I like hearing him on Rogan, and Rogan always wants him on more. Right. It's like let's do this more right. because I think Rogan's <laughs> constantly thinking about one day he just checks his Instagram and then gone. He's fallen off a cliff. Right. I don't know. He seems pretty calculated with everything that he does. And hearing him talk this time, I remember the last time he was on, but he's so articulate and so like well-read. I don't know. He just seems like a very intelligent guy. Doesn't drink. Yeah. Doesn't drink. He's incredibly focused on exactly what he wants to do. But it's, tra- it's funny when he's talking about the training sessions, he kind of just does what works. I mean, I guess that's what everybody does, but it doesn't sound like he trains like incredibly hard. I guess climbing mountains in its own right clearly is... He's got those like he was talking about those little tendons in his fingers and and like uh, like all the little muscles that you can't really work just like doing bicep curls and stuff. You know what I mean? Like he's doing finger push ups and finger pull ups and all kinds of crazy shit. 
Yeah, but I know what you mean. It's like when you hear like the UFC regiment for trainers, right? And and uh, like fighters and how hard they're pushing, yeah, all the time. Like it's this many hours a day, mm. and bl- and we were just talking about that before the pod. Like I always wondered with you, like you often work out every day, yeah. and you're how old now? 38, 30, 39? Thirty-eight. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, and I always used to just be like Garrett is pushing too hard, right? I, but then you hear Goggins and. You know, I'm not saying you're a Goggins, right. but like you have, you, 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 you never complain to me about being like so sore no. or worn out. You can't continue working out. I was just like, why do you do it so much? <laughs> I mean, just taking that. Stop. <laughs> I can't. I'm telling you, when I'm taking that cold shower and I'm in there, I'm just like, they're looking back on the past ten years and thinking about kind of the progress and just the regiment that's been I've kind of just imposed. It's like you never, no matter what happens. If you're working your ass off after the workout, whatever was bothering you before is definitely going to be secondary and you're going to appreciate how you feel at that moment, no matter what, like literally no matter what. I've never had a hard workout and then been like, man, I still feel like shit or I'm depressed about that. Everything just seems so manageable after you complete something real difficult, you know? What do you think would happen if you didn't work out for a week? I feel like do you com- think you could do it? No, I mean I could, but I feel like complete trash. Like especially just, I feel I feel like it's like an obligation to myself at this point, and it's like medicine it, for my mind too, just to be quiet for two hours and doing that stair climber. We've been doing that. They reopen that the golds now, and they've got those stair climbers. There's never a time where I've do I do twenty minutes in a row. Now you did that thousand steps. Now we're doing seventeen hundred steps in twenty minutes every time, just like right oh, out the Jesus. gate. Jesus, guys are psychos. But you do that, and then right after that, you're like, all right, that twenty minutes was a fucking slap in the face. But then you're like, all right, I earned the rest of the day, and everything else just seems like downhill after that. Like you you hit the peak, and you're like, all right, I did what I had to do, and now I can move along. That's what it feels like for me. So. I don't think anybody that's training hard has like a whole lot of anxiety or stress or depression. It just, I, I personally don't know those people. It's possible, but a lot of people that are like doing hard shit don't have the time for the other extra emotions like that a lot of the time. I, yeah, I, there, there might, there has to be something to it. Right. I mean, you take Alex and like this pursuit that he's on. Right. And yeah, he doesn't drink. Like he's he's like cut out. So like he said, he didn't even have a TV. Right. That was like he's uh, just so single <laughs> focused on this pursuit uh, that I mean, okay, it pays his bills and all the rest of it because he got so famous doing it. But that's probably not why he started it. No. Like it was a passion. Clearly, yeah. And and when we listen to him speak, it's like ah, it's like a chilled calm guy right yet he does something that you would think would be but that would just terrify you all the time right but it doesn't seem like the case the odd thing about that it's like how long do you do that i guess you would know if your game was falling off pretty quickly maybe i don't know but do you just keep doing that until you're fucking 60 i don't know (laughs) like he doesn't seem like there's any time where he's like yeah but because i remember joe asking him something of that in that regard and he was like yeah i don't think i'm gonna stop ever for any reason yeah i guess you just start to slow down right you can't do the same sort of holds that you did and right you know in a sense he goes quick but he goes slowly because he doesn't have a rope have you so probably with each hold he's going to be sure if he can hold on to it the same and that's going to change the way that he continues. Dude, thinking about 
the tr- them climbing that on free solo right now is just like making my heart beat. Like when it's fucking pitch black out, and you're on the side of a mountain, just hanging there in a like a sleeping bag. Or a lot of the time they were still climbing. Like they wouldn't sleep for very long. They would just be climbing throughout the night. I'm just like, it's one thing to climb <laughs> day, <laughs> but at night just seems like a whole new ball game too. That's a, just nerve wracking thinking about it. Yeah, fuck that man. <laughs> That's not my cup of tea. But it. What's interesting about it is it's not like you hear it and think, oh, I hate that. Mm -mm. Um, I would never do it, and that's stupid. Like, you still have a ton of respect for what they do. Absolutely. Like, it takes a a lot of balls. I think that the the way he described it as far as influencing a whole kind of culture, that's kind of a cool thing. That And he was talking about how it's kind of like a primitive thing a little bit. It's like something that not like humans, like... I don't know that climbing is more of a natural thing as opposed to like say baseball. You know what I mean? Climbing might come like more adaptive to just humans from a, from a prehistoric standpoint. I think is what he was kind of yeah, saying. Yeah, it's kind of like what wrestling is for sports. Right. It's like the oldest, com- not competition, but the oldest like super physical thing that we did. I mean, obviously we were hunting most of the time, right? But when we weren't, we had to climb somewhere and fight something, right? And people that could do that well, um, you know, it, it was very important. Yeah. So he has a podcast, and he's talking about, like, I guess the climbing has got in the Olympics. Yeah, that's I'm huge. kind of surprised it hasn't been in the Olympics. It seems like that should be an Olympic sport. Uh, I mean, now that it's exposed for what it is, but prior to it, it's like I wouldn't have thought. I don't know how you judge that or how you – I mean, I'm sure they're coming up with systems, but I, I'm, I'm curious to see how that happens, who climbs the highest, fastest, or is it more like technicalities and stuff? I don't know. Yeah, well, they have like that speed climbing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where they fly up the mountain like, you know, the, the whatever, the plastic wall. Right. Like as quick as they can. Right. That shit's pretty dope. Have you done? Have you? Have I mean, it looks like they're running. Right. Have you done any climbing before? Like, not really. Right. When I was younger, I did some bouldering, and then some of the stuff where you like are tied in. Right. At different places, like on actual mountains, and it's it's very fun. Like it's very interesting, and it's super difficult. Right. But uh, I don't know. It it didn't really. It, it it didn't like reach out to me in a way that like oh this is all I want to do <laughs> right so interesting the the free solo like concept too it's one thing to be climbing the damn mountain with like a harness that can hopefully support you if you fall but to just be like nah I don't want to do that either <laughs> that's a that's a yeah <laughs> nah I'm good on that we're already climbing the steepest like flattest fucking rock. But I'll uh, just not do it with a rope either. Why not? Seems like a death sentence. Mm. Seems like a death sentence, kind of. I don't know. It has been for many people. Right. I wonder what the what the draw is to that. I don't know. I mean, since he doesn't seem like an adrenaline junkie, because his adrenaline never gets high. I'm like, what? What is it? Just the challenge, right. like the chess right. versus death. Yeah, I mean, that's a hell of a... I don't know. That's a hell of a... It's like playing chess, and then at some point, they can be like, now we shoot you because you made a bad move. <laughs> right. You're like, I don't think I'm going to play this game. That, that game does not seem appealing to me. I like doing a lot of adrenaline stuff, too, and I, that just... I don't know. Maybe it's the heights. I don't know. I've done bungee jump, skydive, parasail, like, rec- like... I can't remember what it's called when you, like, decline on the rocks with a rope. That's pretty fun, too, but... 
just the whole idea of trying uh, to be laying, I think, something like or something that. like I, that. I, can't, I don't I, know. I can't remember. What Maybe that's the, what the person does at the bottom. Yeah. Um, that stuff is off. I mean, it was a fun experience, but yeah, as far as climbing goes, I'm probably going to have to pass on that. I liked how they mentioned, you know, that there were those like people that like staying on the side of the mountains, but in those uh, glamping. Right. Uh, little hotel things or whatever they are, yeah. And it and it does bring up like, like the whole Instagrammer life, right? That they were talking about. Does that you know it looks exciting and dangerous, but it's not, and it's just for the pictures. Right. And then it's kind of bullshit in a way because so many people have to live like in right. this really difficult existence, right? Where they have to make a campfire and set up base like bear grills right and they do it for nothing right they're not doing it for a show they just do it to survive right. like this is like half the world right he was talking about not glamorizing it he, he doesn't like the idea that that's kind of been glamorized i don't know yeah i don't really care for that either. yeah i don't know if it's yeah i mean i see what he's saying there's a, i get it but he has like a, well there were two points to that i didn't really care for like one they were talking about like you know for solar flare like took out society mm-hmm. and we had to be ready and then they started talking about all the earthquakes that yellowstone has and i was working up in yellowstone at the time thinking about these fucking earthquakes like oh shit wait what right. how many earthquakes we- and there weren't any but you know i'm there so you're thinking it but not only that i'm digging out these platforms that like have to move all the snow all this ice and they build like a deck on there, like the other people on the team. Right. And it's hard work and it's grueling as fuck. And it's all for like glamping. <laughs> like these, yeah, these tents have like electricity, toilets. Like they're just for like super wealthy people. That want to feel like that. To, mm-hmm. yeah, to like Instagram their, their way around. And I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if I go to stay at a hotel, I heard what he said. I like it when it's beds made and the towels are nice and crisp and everything's nice. That's why I go to a hotel, not to, I don't know. That seems like what our whole culture, speaking of earthquakes too, by the way, I, we had one on Sunday night. Like a couple of my fucking things fell off my wall. I think it was a pretty light one here in LA, but we had one. Oh, you did? Interestingly enough. Some of them are wild out there, man. I'm usually, I, ironically have slept through all of them so i don't know the shaking has an effect yeah there was one day i was uh with this bird i was dating in the front room and my roommate i think was with her boyfriend like in a bedroom and then the apartment just kept shaking and shaking and we kept looking at each other like damn they're having a good time in (laughs) there and (laughs) but it just kept going on and then it would stop and go again i'm like god damn they are going for it right. and it was just awkward but they come out and they're like do you guys feel that earthquake and i was like oh, oh. shit yeah interesting yeah there we go that's wild <laughs> i never i don't think i've ever really experienced one like when i was awake i feel like i slept through all of them there's a couple of them i was in vegas and then since i've lived here in california but none that i have been privy to but either way i think sometimes it depends on like how your where your apartment is like if you're higher up in the building and my remember my place was like on stilts above a parking garage right. so 
you know, you just feel it different, a lot more. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, a bit different. Another thing that they talked about that I thought was interesting was uh, one, the VR climbing game. Yep. And how he's starting to do that. And I've seen it for the Oculus Quest right. Jibby that I got. Like, people really like it, but I just thought, how stupid would that be? Like, just to kind of reach up and then it pulls. Dude, I just can't imagine. I thought, that that's, fun. I thought that sounded crazy awesome. Like, it looked, especially I saw, I like, have been researching that thing since you told me about it. But uh, that climbing game looks pretty freaking cool. I don't know. If it's a- I know, yeah. It's kind of changed my thought process on, like, how good it could be but then one last thing before we move on is like harry was talking about so whoop strap um uh sponsors his podcast and they his rem sleep is like through the roof wow like that's that might be the key to like the peace in his life well why why was he saying it was just because he can gauge what good sleep is now from the whoop strap is that what yeah he can he gets a reading from it so i have one of those and i notoriously have pretty bad rem sleep and like when it is good i feel the best for sure but i was like can that really be it dude i imagine so when i sleep good i feel way better during the day too but that's an interesting thing to like associate your body with when you wake up and look at that your watch and you're like i wonder if today's gonna be a good day or a bad day based on the fact <laughs> right that you look at it you're like oh it's gonna, it's gonna mess be a with shit your, it's gonna mess with your psyche a little bit like oh i only had 20 minutes of rim sleep i'm fucked for the rest of the day or it throws you off yeah if you start associating the two right then that's not really fair i do the- <laughs> all right let's move on to 1626 do you have something else no to no say i said I, I think i might need to I'd, I'd like to gauge my sleep i think that it's incredibly vital and i'd like to dude those whoop straps are pretty dope they're not cheap but they're not it's not expensive right. it's like cheaper than starbucks right. like i i think the data one day will be important right you'll be able to run it back or like doctors can examine it i think they record it all on their system gotcha. basically forever right. so you just get info forever okay all right, Dan Gable, 1627, wrestling legend. I've been excited about this one for a long time. I thought he was an awesome guy, like very sweet. Um, you know, he he really thought a lot about what he wanted to say, and he spoke a lot. Did you notice how quiet Joe was yeah. during that podcast? Was a lot. I mean, Joe didn't say much of anything. Right. No, hindsight, yeah, I was just I just was listening to that one in the past few days, and I. Notice that now that you say that. Um, I mean, he was sharing a lot of stories that were I didn't realize were part of his life, but he was getting into some details there that were just like well, a, a big insight into what drove him and also what affected his life early on. Yeah, his, I love what his coach said: "Win with humility, lose with dignity." But, but f- damn it, don't <laughs> lose. I was gonna say, but don't lose. I love that. How dope is that? That's the appropriate way to approach everything, right? Yeah. Well, so much of what he, how he sees life is like with a strong mind. Yeah, right. And that strong mind is built through working hard physically. Yeah. He was talking about when he was younger, working on those job sites with his pops and how he he earned the respect of the other guys there, even as a young guy. It's like that that stuff goes so far. My brother was talking about one of his little kids that he coaches, and it's like there's something in children, like certain guys that excel at things, especially from a young age, where you 
kind of adapt this thought process of I'm going to show up even when everybody else isn't showing up. I mean, I wish I was that way when I was a kid. In hindsight, I feel like that way I've kind of gained that growing up. But that's something that you have at a young age. That's a total advantage. Like, he's carrying those three bags. They were just outrunning everybody on those job sites. I was just like, that probably had a lot to do with how successful he was as a wrestler as well, you know? Then wrestling, all the bigger guys right. and kicking their ass. He's like, I wasn't afraid of the 250 guy. It didn't matter. He's like, I could get leverage on everybody. I, it was interesting hearing him talk about that last match and that interview that he had, um, the one that he lost. Mm. Um, whenever she was like, whenever he had to go through that interview that he had already won prior to winning the match, that's like got to mess with your friggin' psyche, right? Oh, for sure. <laughs> Saying that you're undefeated and you never lose, and then you haven't had the match yet. Right. That's a that's a seems like an aggressive piece. So he said he didn't really warm up properly for that. Right. Not that he got cocky, but like he just didn't prepare in the same way, and then he had that pressure, and it just shows what pressure can do. Right. Absolutely. I mean, that's why people miss free throws at the very end of the games, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, it, it gets in your own Did head. You, it's like you you then are your own worst enemy. Right. Did you watch the uh, end of that UCLA game by any chance? I know you don't watch basketball, but it was crazy. They went into overtime, and right at the end of overtime, they had like a half-court shot Gonzaga did, and like everybody was just pumped. That was a UCLA fan thinking we were going into the second overtime, and they hit the half-court shot, and you hear just like the whole friggin' restaurant just go, Oh, my God! It was insane. It was an insane moment. Just so they they won. Who won uh, that? Gonzaga. This is March Madness. Yeah, right? yeah. Gonzaga actually ended up winning. Baylor won last night and are now the national champions. They beat Gonzaga, but uh, that was a crazy game. I mean, and they weren't missing any shots. It was pretty entertaining to watch. That's for sure. It was yeah. It was an unusual March Madness. I I guess it's like often a bit of an upset in a lot of ways, yeah, right? I think like it was the top teams don't win. And, I haven't uh, done the research, but I thought I think this has got to be one of the few times where both number one seeds made it. Like usually there's some kind of upset throughout, but to have two number one seeds from each division was uh, I don't know what the stats are on that, but I don't recall in the recent years that that's very prevalent. Somebody ended up losing usually throughout the tournament, but yeah. Anyhow, that stuff's important, man. I'm glad that they are able to put that shit together, you know, especially with all the COVID stuff we've had. Right. I'm like, yeah, it's important. Bring sports back. <laughs> it's so important. Give us something it's to do. so vital. This guy walked up to me at the restaurant. I just thought of this the other day. I had the mask on. And it's such a weird thing to, like, try and tell somebody to put on a mask. I, I struggle with it myself, just leaving it on. So it's like if anybody does it, I just don't like being the guy to be like, put on a mask. <laughs> So this guy walks up to me without a mask, and he's, like, talking to me for an extended period of time across the bar, which you're not supposed to do in the first place. And I was like, yo, dude, I was like, they're going to come tell you you need to put on your mask. He's like, when's this over? Like, with such sincerity. <laughs> and I was just looked at him. I was like, you tell me, but I'm ready. I'm like, I, I don't know. But I think that's where the, the temperature of this is at now, especially even out here. Like, I don't know. You're part of the problem, Gary. Fair enough. So it's Whatever, dude. You're enforcing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You got a job. <laughs> It's, but yeah, it sucks. I get it. 
Like, I don't yeah. like telling. Like, I'm glad I'm not in a position where I have to right, tell anybody. Right. Especially them walking across, around Golds. Like, there's a couple of people, that, and I'm sure they can't enjoy telling people to put their mask over their nose. But it's like, they have this recording. At, you have to do that when you walk out yeah, at Golds? even outside, too. I mean, they, I, to their credit, like, they're not walking around like fucking crazies. But, I mean, if I'm sweating, it almost feels like you could have, like, a heart attack. With those doing those steps and having a mask on on top of it, it's like... It gets rough breathing, like especially. Now. <laughs> yeah, it seems restrictive. It's, can you wear any type of mask? You can wear like a yeah, loose. I'm, I haven't worn it. Like bandana. All, I, or all I've worn is a bandana the whole time. So. Oh yeah! Imagine a whatever they call it, the ninety and ninety. Oh, that would be. I guess I should just. Yeah, it. one of those on the stand mask. I'll count. Cool. I'll count my lucky stars that I don't have to do that. Let's, that, that just put it. You pass that, out, that just, guy. <laughs> they're like, thank God dude, he was safe I, the whole time. <laughs> I saw this meme about a guy wearing a mask on a motorcycle but wasn't wearing a helmet. I was like, how true is that? Like, <laughs> Brilliant. I've seen that guy, too. Oh, my yeah. God. And he has one of those external phone cases that makes you look like a huge dork. You're like, uh, this guy. Like, where have we Fuck where yeah. have we got to the point where it's like, oh, boy. I don't know. What did you th- what did you think about Dan's story with his sister? Like, that, I've heard that story many times, and I... And, like, that was, in a lot of ways, like, the turning point for his focus and his training. Right. But, man, that that's that's an emotional thing to listen to. I know. That's hard hearing, to listen to. Hearing him say it, too, he, I mean, he, I'm sure he holds a lot of that guilt. But hearing the story up until that point, like, there would be no way for him to ever think that that was actually... Dude, yeah, he... I mean, it's because he loved her yeah, a lot, absolutely. and thinking back, you think, what could you have done? But, like, there's no way he could have... What was he supposed to do? Beat that guy up immediately? Right, without even knowing what the hell was going on. It's like, you can't foresee the future. And even that guy said, he's like, I didn't know I was going to kill her, but I was going to kill somebody. So it's just like, wow. I wonder how many humans are running around with that mentality that that's going to happen inevitably someday. I hope, I mean... Oh, hopefully not many. <laughs> right? That's terrifying <laughs> shit. It really is. Like, ah, it's inevitable. Someday I'm going to have to kill somebody. I'm like, Jesus. But, uh, yeah. That's... Yeah, I mean, it kind of makes you think, right? I, like, you, you, I guess you don't want to live in a society where a government can lock you up before you do something, like that one Tom Cruise Minority movie. Minority Report, yeah. Yeah. Because because how you know then they could they could definitely take advantage of that whole situation <laughs> yeah. just lock up whoever they want but maybe there are some certain markers certain people certain brain sta- scans you could do and they and you're just like this person needs help I don't know they're that gonna seems, do that, something reckless that seems real slippery to have one human tell another human I know yeah I don't <laughs> like it either <laughs> that seems but then I don't want my sister to get killed no, I, too I don't either. so yeah you know I agree completely I, it's Slippery slope. Right. Let's move on to Eric Weinstein, sixteen twenty-eight. This guy, every time, like he's a fascinating dude. Super smart. Right. You know, I like a lot of his points. I like how he. I don't know how to describe him. Like he's a truth seeker mm-hmm. for sure. Like he will look at the data and be like, "This is what it means." And oftentimes, when you do that, it go, goes against things like what woke culture cancel culture all that stuff right. and it makes him enemies like when he said he fell out with that mentor that, that guy Harvard. that he really liked that yeah right so so for that about him i like right but he you know 
it's not uncommon for him and Joe to get in arguments that go on <laughs> longer than I want to listen to. I was going to say, it's like there's a lot of back and forth. He, uh, yeah, I, I think I've listened to him one other time. He's just like, he's a hard guy to follow. It seems like he's knows the platform now, so I don't know if he's a little, seems like he's a little hesitant to say certain things, but then he still says them, and then he was like talking about his book and whatnot. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I don't know how to, how to, do, like, when he gets onto the, what was the thing, the infinite circle? Right. That makes the light. And then he's, like, talking about his theorems. Yeah. You know, at first I thought that he did it because, like, oh, he's just trying to show how smart he is and blah, blah, blah. We get it. But I think he's trying to tell people something. Right. But there's such a disconnect between, like, what he's trying to say. Right. And so it's there's two things. Like, most people just aren't going to be smart enough to know what he's talking about. Right. And he's not able to explain it to regular folks. Like, Joe is like, I'm lost, bro. I, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> he handed him that book. I want to understand. I don't want to be bored of yeah. those bits. I'm just like, you've lost me completely. What We're talking about eighth dimensions? Right. Like, where are we? I, I was kind of in the same boat. I, I don't know if I'm smart enough to know what he's talking about a lot of the time. No, I definitely am not. <laughs> I definitely am not. I... It's good that he again, like it's, it's an important thing that he points out with like mask wearing, like where that how they debunk it, like the New York Times trying to debunk the lab release of COVID, whereas like the top guy in the CDC says it's more likely than not that it came from that, right. and there's still like this pressure in the news to be like. No, it didn't. We don't want to create racism. Look, I don't want anything that creates racism either, but I think it's fucking important that we know where this came from. Absolutely. I don't think anyone should argue about that. Yeah, why is there any ego involved with saying, hey, maybe we might have been wrong? Like, there, I, why is that? I, I get it that that seems easy from an outsider's perspective, but why is that? I would appreciate that so much more in the news and politics and everything. If somebody, if you admit you're wrong and maybe we'll make some adjustments and figure out what we can do to be better in the future, as opposed to just saying I'm right, like, I don't understand. I just want to learn. I don't need to be right. <laughs> it's like, let's try and do what's... Yeah, well, they're, I think they're worried that it's going to create, like, hate against Asians, I, right? I get It's like Asian hate. But I, I, I'm sure the more of... Any animosity is coming from the denial. Does that thought even come into your? It's like there's this group of people that are saying it probably came from there. You've got all of China saying it didn't. Right. Like that, and that's the government. Remember, not the people. The people are just people there. They're just trying to live too. Like you shouldn't hate them. I was gonna. I was gonna say. Does that thought even cross your mind? Like that? I don't even associate those two things. Whenever you just said, like when you just said that, but I don't. I'm not. But I'm just saying. I that doesn't even seem like remotely something I could even be like. Ooh, it came from China. I hate Chinese people. Like it just seems so. Like that isn't. I don't. That seems so far off. I guess that it's possible anything's possible these days but it just but people people can do that right i, I, people I, I guess people can. you know like the people that stole the capital yeah like there are people out there that are just they think right they're thinking in that way living in some and they don't they don't separate the fact that it's a government trying to do this not you know it's not the people that right. it's not a, it's definitely not 
Chinese Americans. No. They're American. <laughs> right. Like they live it's here. pretty far off and ignorant to even let that be a possible narrative to the story, but I guess... I don't know what the I don't know. I don't know. It's it's. I think it's just part of this culture right. of like, you know, there there's so much fear that hatred could be made towards this group, which I respect because I don't want any hatred no. made towards anyone. But we can't then stop looking at the facts. The same as what they talked about with Tim Kennedy, um, recently making that announcement that like there's no. There's no room in. Oh yeah. Y- there's no need for like woke culture. Special in, forces with trained killers. Right. <laughs> yeah, that stuff goes out the window. Uh, and the fact that you can have that concept in that setting, why wouldn't you take that approach to everything? Like, whatever's whoever's the best and whatever's the best outcome for whatever situation, regardless of who the actual person is, is the, what should go down. <laughs> and I, well yeah that's ideal but the problem is i mean if you're just taking like regular workplace right. you know then who's making that decision that's true. like it's it's some subway manager hiring his staff right. and if he has any prejudice he's gonna just hire towards who he wants yeah, so it makes sense right. because you know what your subway sandwich at the end of the day is not going to make too much difference who made right. it no offense to people that make subway sandwiches right. Like you got to do a good job. I've had some bad ones, but you know it's. It, but when it comes to very specific skill sets right. that require, you know, an admission that is incredibly difficult and should, right. then yes, you should only take right. the very, very best. Same with. I mean, if they did this in sports, it would be madness. Right. Like you take the greatest soccer team in the world. You've got, um, you know, Messi. And then they're just like, yeah, we put in this person with one leg. <laughs> well, Look, I was thinking more. No offense, people with one leg, but <laughs> right. I mean, you're not. It's it's the game's going to change. No, I get it. And I, there's a reason we want like the the very best. Doing I'm that. thinking in a different situation. Like, let's just think about doctors, like people that are saving lives. Like, don't you want the most skilled people in those positions as well? Like, I don't know. You'd hope yeah. so. I mean, that, yeah. Well, of course. Yeah. Of course. But, you know, you can even have some diversity there. I mean, I like the fact that they do that with med schools. Right. And they open it up to, like, yeah, someone may have had slightly better grades. But, again, it's not that being a doctor is making a Subway sandwich. But there's more room for, like, the ability to train. Like, if your grades are close enough mm-hmm. and you came from a tough inner city and you haven't had the privileges of other kids, like, that, I... I don't say I disagree with some levels of affirmative action. Yeah. Like, too much of it is going to be an issue, right? If it starts affecting the workforce. But I think I think on that level, you know, right. it's important to open it up to, right. to people that have, like... Imagine how much harder it would be. Yeah. You're, like, south side Chicago, inner city right. kid. Like, you didn't have a lot of the opportunities. And you're, like a couple of grades lower right. than some kid that had all of the opportunities. Right. Like, yeah, it sucks for that kid, the opportunity kid, because he worked hard too. And But he's going to have others. Yeah. He has other options. 
I mean, in that in that yeah. regard too, I think you're right about affirmative action, and not to downplay the the issue of race in that regard. But I think that's done a lot for like gender roles as well, as far as like females progressing in the workplace a lot as well too. You know? Oh, for sure. Like that's that for a sure. Huge thing. Dude, some of the my best bosses right. that's always what, that's what I'm women. Like yeah, they like there there's definitely traits that i saw and i'm like yeah women are much better right right you can see the benefits of having the diversity in that those kind of roles for sure for sure for sure what do you think about the bit where jamie was recognized at the restaurant (laughs) i mean that's that's pretty cool i guess like that's i wonder what jamie seems like he's just like a low-key dude i mean he's just in the background i don't yeah i think it freaks him out he's like nope right I just want to get on with it. It's probably why Joe has him there because he's not, other than selling his T-shirts, he's not constantly trying to be not, famous. No, he doesn't. He's just a homie. That's that's what's so nice about this show is that it's always just a bunch of people hanging out and not having to feel any pressure from any outside sources to say certain things. Mm. You know? Yeah. But then Joe talked about, like, he doesn't hate being famous. No. He likes it. Obviously. I mean, but in a way, you can't not be if you do what he does. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't get the guess. Yeah, right. For sure, exactly. you wouldn't have the same exposure. For sure, they realize how much, how much influence he can have on anybody's career, even when he's just like, "Well, not now," <laughs> or whenever they're like, you "Yeah," know what I mean, so. Well, that's the same as Eric, though. I mean, in a way, Joe has made Eric famous, and that's given him Platform. the type of exposure to defend points of his life, right. which he does a lot, like things that have happened, right. and also give him access to you know meeting different people going on different podcasts like you know bringing these interesting people to the forefront right it's you you have to do it like you you have to have that kind of uh it goes hand in hand right absolutely lastly i wanted to point out just joe like i think this was the biggest podcast he kind of expressed how he felt about making the comedy scene in austin um you know, he talked about his club just most like wanting to break even, mm-hmm. which is unheard of. Right. And how he wants to bring out as many people as he can to Austin right. comedy wise, which we all kind of knew. But like uh, he's just getting so much closer to like really revealing what he's trying to do out there. I pre- and and it really seems like it's for the art form, I pre- which yeah. I love. You know, what's going to be great is that it's he's going to. It's going to be great because I appreciate him saying he just wants to break even, but the amount of exposure, I want to go out there right now and or whenever it opens and obviously go to it. And I know I'm not alone. So it's like me having those thoughts. I know there's millions of other people that want to do the same exact thing. That place is going to flourish. Yeah. No doubt. Of, no yeah. doubt well, about th- it. Especially in Austin. Look, you don't get a $100 million contract with... Right. Um, Spotify without knowing how to make a lot of money. Right. I appreciate. I pre- Joe <laughs> definitely knows how to do right. it. I appreciate the break-even thing, but that's not going to be the situation. <laughs> I appreciate it. The thought, but it's a solid commitment, right? You know, he said it to himself. Like even if right. it did, like he doesn't know. You can't know. They could close everything again. Sure. It, it and if it happens that way, he's like, I don't give a shit. I could like I'm gonna hold to this point. I've made this commitment and. If it does way better, then what dope. would it take? The fact that Texas stayed relatively open for the whole COVID situation. Granted, I wasn't down there, so I don't know exactly what the vibe was. But 
what would it take if they were like, we're going to shut it down again? I can't imagine Texas be like, all right, we'll, we'll shut it down this time. <laughs> They'd be like, nope, not doing it for sure again this time, especially. Yeah, I think given enough of a break this time, right. like once once it really kind of opens up again, I'm kind of starting to, be, like, a, I don't know. I believe this before and it didn't happen, but I think now people would be like, no, no. we're not doing it the same no. way. You need to well, come up fa- with better ways of they, doing Joe this. made reference I wasn't sure if it was on Eric's or one of the other two we did but he made reference to how Florida remaining open and the like case per capita situation is not like it's like tons more than the ones that were in that were in super lockdown right I just no I just chopped that up but I think well I super know. lockdown created its own problems right. I mean especially in New York in the old people's homes right. like it killed a lot of people there right. Yeah, so it's oh well. I just hope we can look at that more, kind of, honestly, right. than uh, we examine uh, many other things. Not to not to you not know? to conspiracy theory, but how much of it do you think was related to getting Donald Trump out? Oh, it seems like a lot. Like a lot. lot. It seems like it was very political. I, I mean, so much so that uh, I mean. <laughs> We're back to, if you wouldn't know for certain, I mean, if you came into my spot, and I'm not trying to blow it up, but I mean, every spot's open at a certain capacity now, but it it's so interesting to see people are allowed to sit down at tables, and then I'm across the way, almost at eye level, and I'm wearing a mask, and the thought is just like, I just feel like a puppet. Like, I don't know. Just, it's my own thought, but I, yeah. I, I mean, it, especially when you hear states six hours away, lifting the mask mandate it's like how are we even going about this so long like letting pe- people tell us what to do what point do we do that yeah, you should say where you work a lot of people in la listen to this they could come in and say hi to you it's up to you yeah i'm it's it's cabo right here in venice um come check me out uh it's a dope bar it's, it's, it's good it's we're safe and, and it's a good time you'll recognize garrett he looks like a 40 year old skateboarder slash so <laughs> do i look do i look 40 damn <laughs> not, a, not a day over 39 fair enough alright guys well thank you as always for listening email us um, message us find us on Instagram follow Garrett it's all in the bio and uh, yeah let's uh, break and get to it next week thanks take Garrett take care guys peace and love <laughs>